0: All right, welcome back. Another episode of Veterans Assembly Hall. Uh, and this is a big show because it's more than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, in studio, I've got Tom, Tom Matrix, Maddox. What Close th- enough. Yeah. <laughs> am I getting there or not? Maddox. All right, Maddox. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom, you're a uh, Navy veteran, and we've done a couple. You actually did one of my earliest shows.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I'm a hypnotist and uh, engineer, all kinds of stuff. But uh, but yeah, Navy veteran. Yep. About eight years in. Yep.
0: Awesome. So you got a lot to bring to the table. And then on uh, remote, we've got uh, Lloyd Corselli. Lloyd, how you doing, man?
2: Good, Mike. How are you, man?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, now Lloyd's an Air Force veteran, so we kind of stacked the deck against Tom here uh, a little bit. But uh, Lloyd, I've known you for a long time, man. You've been in the business too, so you've got a little bit of a leg up on us. How's it going?
2: I'm doing well, man. I'm, I'm uh, calling uh, in from the, the bunker up here in the uh, wilds of New Hampshire as we're getting pelted with frozen rain or something out here. But uh, appreciate uh, you having me on, Mike.
0: No, I appreciate you guys doing this. That's a huge favor the two of you. And uh, as I said, before we hit the record button, uh, you're more than welcome to become regulators on here. In fact, I hope you do. Um, and, and Tom and I were talking, I, I said, the more you do these things, the the better the conversation goes because you start playing off each other. And, uh, every, you know, you guys all bring a different perspective, Tom, you, with your hypnotist, um, you know, endeavor that you do, uh, we talked about it when you were on as a, as a guest, there's a lot of, there's a lot of reach with that, isn't there?
1: There is. And, and, then, uh, you know, I was thinking about as we were talking preparing for the show, Um, just things that that people might be interested in talking about. And, uh, you know, hypnosis is, you know, I do it for the comedy, the shows, that sort of thing, but it also helps with relaxation and habit, you know, breaking habits, you know, smoking and eating and things like that. Um, but there's, it's such a a nice way to break into, um, just conversations and help people out with all sorts of things they may, uh, may want to get themselves help with. Right. Right. It's an, it's an icebreaker.
2: Well, so Tom, uh, ironically, my, my mother-in-law swears that, uh, a hypnotist, uh, worked on her and she hasn't smoked for like 40 years. So
1: excellent. Very good. That's great news.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, she, had, she had, can attest to the power of your craft. Yes, yeah.
1: And, and, uh, it's, it's great, always great to hear those stories and, uh, Uh, You you make it sound like she swears to it, but you're skeptical, but uh, which is understandable. (laughs) You know,
0: I picked up on a little bit of that. Yeah, he he was only half endorsing you, (laughs) Tom.
1: Exactly. (laughs) But hey, whatever works for her.
0: (laughs) She liked it, but I don't know so much about it. And he called it a craft. I don't. Is that fair? I I, I saw Lloyd when you said that. I saw uh, Tom cringe just a little bit. Like witchcraft. What kind of craft are you talking about?
2: (laughs) It's all a, it's all a craft writing's a craft, music's a craft, you know, cooking's a craft, yep,
0: you're absolutely you know. right, yeah, so
2: yeah no i wasn't uh that wasn't uh you know half of a word there with uh with craft <laughs> or whatever 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 wherever you're going there mike
0: no no i'm not i am only going where the conversation takes us today <laughs> um which as a matter of fact this is all kind of a good lead in because the first um thing I wanted to throw out there in in our uh episode sheet was about making a difference and making a connection. And uh, I don't know if you guys got to see the article, but John Cuddy, uh, who's a a friend of ours over at the Drake and American Legion, um, very active in Boy Scouts in this area and veteran stuff. He writes a regular piece for the Valley Patriot. um, And he highlights a different uh, veteran called heroes um, column. And he, you know, details what they did and all that, but buried in one of his most recent pieces, uh, there was a theme that he a couple of paragraphs that he just pulled out of nowhere. It was kind of um, it was really kind of a change of theme as he was writing and he was talking about uh, making a difference to veterans. And what he, his argument was, uh, you know, was off of a conversation he had with Bob Page and uh, our friend Billy Zonas, who was the uh, VSO over there in Drake. it was, you know, something as simple as just having a cup of coffee with somebody might make all the difference. Um, it's, it's just reaching out and we were talking with John McDonald, uh, in our most recent veterans assembly hall podcast. And we'll get into that in a minute, about the great endeavor that veterans assisting veterans is doing, but John made a really good point, you know, PTSD, uh, people coming back from redeployment, reacclimation into their life. It's really about isolation. And I think John Cuddy's article is speaking right to that, making a difference, just reaching out and, uh, and not feeling as isolated.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think what happens a lot of times, Mike, especially with with uh, folks returning from overseas um, with PTSD, um, y- you know, for a long time people didn't really look at that as a real thing. Finally, we're we're getting smarter in society, and we're like, no, wait, this is this is real. And you know, PTSD doesn't just come from wartime; it could come from any traumatic incident, you know, car accidents, uh, you know, a- a anything that that's a, of a, of a trauma to your, to your, your brain. And I don't mean a physical trauma. I mean that, that mental trauma, uh, right. uh, trauma, but, um, you know, I, I, you know, I work, uh, uh, with around a lot of military folks and, you know, some of those folks, you know, they've, they've got the, you know, those, those hidden wounds that, Um, that we, you know, we, we don't necessarily see, but, um, a lot of what you talked about and, and, you know, just reaching out a cup of coffee. Um, we all know that, uh, veteran suicides are probably at an all time high. Right. Um, at least in our generation, I, I haven't looked at the stats back to world war two or Uh, the Korean war and what, what those guys went through when they came home. Uh, But, you know, right now, obviously, you know, we've been in this wartime posture for just about almost 20 years and Mm -hmm. um, much longer for the air force, you know, with, with the keeping the no fly zones and, and things like that over there. but, Um, there's a lot of folks walking around men and women with PTSD and, and I, and I think just sitting down with them sometimes and talking to them and and listening to what they have to say can, can help them. Certainly there's some folks who the wounds are much deeper and they're going to need some type of mental health professionals to work with them. But there's a lot of folks that just need someone to talk to and not feel isolated and not think that, Hey, uh, you know, there's something wrong with me, you know, uh, and you say, no, you know, there's, there's. There's not something wrong. You you're not crazy as you know some people might look at it, um, but you know so yeah. The, the, the article's dead on, Mike.
0: Yeah, I, and I think it's that. in varying degrees as well.
1: The um, you know w- with all the different types of veterans, I I I personally downplay my service compared to what I call true war veterans who, like you mentioned, whether whether they're pilots or or you know walking on the you know in the deserts um and th- and we all kind of like to think of ourselves as as tough guys but um the reality is like you said that that things have happened to us and it affects us in in different ways and and like you said it, it, we often as veterans point to the uh the combat issues um but you're right PTSD um we can get trauma from all sorts of things um and and like you said sitting down with somebody could be what they need that day to uh to help them to continue on um and just knowing that they have a friend that they somebody they can talk to and and really again from my perspective because i i haven't seen a lot of things that a lot of other veterans have seen um just knowing that there's somebody there to listen to and and um and just be that ear so that they can say what they want to say and and i don't have to pretend that i know what they're going through because i don't and i don't know what they went through but um we, you know they just need a friend and someone to talk to and listen to
0: i think that's key
2: yeah. And every, everyone's experience is different as you pointed out. I right. Mean, right. You know, my, my son did, uh, six years, uh, in the air force and, and he deployed twice to, uh, to Afghanistan. And, um, the first time he was over there, um, he, uh, he, he was under attack, you know, rocket mortar attack and, um, missed him by about 50 yards. And, um, I, I noticed when he came back, we were, uh, Fourth of July and there were fireworks and, you know, he was just freaking out from that. Um Thankfully, he's he's gotten better over that. But it's it's even, you know, anybody who's been downrange, especially, you know, you know, you hear people say, oh, you were just in the Navy or you're just in the Air Force. You weren't, you know, out, you know, actually in combat. But everyone under there uh, over there who's who's been there and, and, and Mike, you might be able to attest to this in your experience over there. I mean, you're you're in harm's way, whether you're inside the wire or outside the wire, and there's going to be things that happen that affect you long term.
0: Yeah, and I think um, one of the things that I always call out is just the separation from your family, the separation from your, your life as you know it. Uh, and especially, you know, we have uh, Guard and Reservists. We had a huge volume of them uh, deploying over the last 10, 15, 20 years. And so there's people that aren't even immersed day in and day out in that 24 seven base life. And suddenly they're gone for six months, eight months to a year. And then we expect people to just come back and just walk back into their life. Whether, you know what I mean? Whether it's family dynamics or going back to work after that break. Um, and I think yeah, that, no,
2: I, yeah, I mean, I remember when you came back the first time, um, you know, when you were, uh, I, I, I don't remember if it was guard or reserve at the time, but, you know, and you were, uh, it was like, uh, uh, you know, you had been gone for a while and, and, you know, you came right back to into, into work and family. And, you know, you would drop like, like 20 or 30 pounds or something over there. Yep, and, yep. and it, you know, so. And, and um, I found
0: that, you know, I, I don't claim to, have, to really have a lot of personal uh, issues that have been long-term, but I think in the immediate time there was a, uh, a need to just kind of uh, chill, be alone, hear from people, whether it was a text or a phone call, and something very simple. And I think that's what, what John's article, I think that's what Bob Page and, and Billy were trying to say was, don't make it too complicated. I mean, uh, just a phone call and a, hey, how you doing? And we don't have to talk about the specifics, but just check in on people. And that reco- that it continues you know, we're focusing on, uh, deployments and stuff, but here we are 10, 15 years removed from our service. It still helps to have people check in on you. That's what, what, it's about. We're a network. Let's look out for each other. Right.
1: And at the same time, if you do send out that text message or the phone call or whatever, and it goes to voicemail, you know, we all realize that, like you said, we want to be alone sometimes and that's okay. Right. And just knowing that someone else is there, um, reaching out to you, um, maybe just enough. And so don't be discouraged if you're the one reaching out and, and it seems like it's not helping or you're not getting the response you expect. It's up to the other person to um, to respond and, and you can just do what you can to let them know you're available.
0: That's a great point, Tom. I think you know, a lot of the stuff that you do, a lot of your products and the time that you give people to relax, you know, the relaxation type of stuff um, you, you may not be designed for a specific purpose, but people could use that as a, a chance to just kind of be alone in their thoughts or not with their thoughts, I guess is the way to say, it, right?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And, um, I haven't done, again, from the time when we first talked and, and did one of these, uh, these chats, I've been wanting to, to do this and I've helped, I've done a few, I like to call them relaxation recordings, you know, it's, it's, you know, I leverage the hypnosis aspects, but, um, you know whether, like you said you know p t s d or, or people who are um just any kind of stress in in their life that you know maybe having trouble sleeping or um or whatever may be going on that, that keeps their mind racing um I like to you know be able to give some some recordings that can help them just to to learn some tools and some, some tips to slow their mind down, slow their body down, helps them to sleep helps them to to get through some uh stress or or tension of the day, whatever it may happen to be. Um, and, you know, and I'll say, you know, quote unquote regular people who are you know, just kind of office people that um, you maybe you have trouble, um, you know, public speaking or or something like that. Just just whatever it may happen to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, they can help with anything like that. But as well as, you know, some of the more uh, significant stresses that we have, like you mentioned, you know, if you if you, um, you know, if you are having some sort of recurrence or, or some memory that's coming back. And you know you want to just kind of wash that mind that 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 thought away, you know, for you know to help you calm down or relax or what have you, um, then then just a few little tips from you know from these recordings can help, and that's great. i, I you know, that's what I'd like to hear. You
0: know? Yeah, yeah. You know, we do the um, you know we do a lot of stuff like the uh, New England PVA uh, bass trail fishing. I throw that out there. That's a great it's it's a great escape. You're up there on uh, Lake Winnipesaukee for the day, or they do one in June down on the Boston uh, Charles. And uh, you come in, you go out fishing and kind of get away from all of the stressors that um, that seem to build up in our life. And it's a great escape. And that's That's for veterans Lloyd where you're in an environment where people are kind of, um, being recycled in the sense that they're coming out of, they're coming, separating from service and then they're ending up in a, a civilian company, but it it has an affiliation you know, they're still kind of in the mix. You guys are still doing like DOD contracts and stuff. Do you have mechanisms to kind of watch people as they're in the office environment?
2: Um, yeah, I, I mean, certainly, um, so as a, so I'm actually, uh, uh, an Air Force civilian. So, um, we have the employee assistance program yeah. and, and basically that, uh, that's there for employees if they, if they need, uh, assistance, me- uh, you know, mental health, uh, various other things, but there, there are certainly areas, um, for, uh, for them to reach out and, and get help, um, if they, if they really need it, it. Uh, it, you know, it, it's a, it's a critical component, especially, you know, it's a high stress environment. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure, um, you know, you're working with military folks all the time and, and it's, um, you know, so it, it it's, it's there, the resources are there. Um, those of us who are in leadership positions um, make sure that folks know that, Hey, these are, you know, Uh, opportunities are there, you know, to use them. And and so that's, that's kind of the situation there.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. Any um, final thoughts, Tom, what do you guess? Well,
1: I I think that's something that a lot of employers nowadays, I work for a DOD contractor as well. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that a lot of employers now are realizing that um, as they hire, well, as there are more and more veterans that are coming back and they get hired into the workforce, um, there's, small things that employers can do to help the the transition become uh more smooth uh for the employees and like you said some of these uh, uh employee assistant programs and and um just you know, various things that employers are doing nowadays that does help those um, those uh those returning veterans uh get a little more acclimated back to um you know civilian life because uh anybody that has been been deployed is you know it comes back it, it is a big change coming back to a regular job, um, for yourself. And then of course your, your family as well. You know, they they have this, you know, their, their husband or, or wife or what have you back. Um, and, and it's not an easy transition and, uh, civilians don't often understand that they, they, I think they give it lip service sometimes, but they, they don't quite understand it. I would
0: agree. Is that on the employer or the employee to determine, um, uh, that they need to make an effort to reach out to those services? What, what do you think?
2: Well, I, I think the employer makes it known that, hey, these um, these services are available to you. Is that um, enough, though? But, you know, and, and just encourage it. I mean, you know, so, you know, when you work in a DOD environment, there's certainly um, uh, there's a, a program where you're just basically kind of almost watching the, everybody all the time right it's it's a continual surveillance thing in terms of um insider threat and those kind of areas but along with that goes along with hey the, the mental health aspect of it right so mm-hmm. you know uh i have referred people to the eap that the uh, employee assistance program uh, on a number of occasions where you know whether it's a divorce or um you know some other you know loss of a parent loss of a child um, you know, traumatic, uh, uh, situations from active duty, uh, sexual assault, things like that. There, there, there's always those resources there. And, you know, we're, we're always looking, um, continuously evaluating people in terms of, um, their ability to, to do the, the job. The human side of it is, you know, where are they at? Where do they need help? How can we help them? so it's, it's 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 important to me i mean one of the, you know you you have to look out for the folks that work for you and you know that's just another tool in the toolbox to provide them with assistance when they need it
0: so i mean really your answer to it is it's the it's on the employer more than it is on the employee because i think there are obstacles as a as a person to want to say, I need, Hey, I I need that access to that. You know, you're saying Lloyd that you're referring people or suggesting or pointing them or whatever, but as the, as a leadership uh, employee, or uh, I think that's what I was expecting the answer Tom, did you agree? Or did you kind of see it differently?
1: I I definitely agree that it's on the employer to make those uh, services available and make them not only available, but make them known to the employees. Um, Because just having them, but not, uh, publicizing them doesn't really help anything. Um, now, of course, there is some responsibility of the employee, you know, to sure. go out and seek that. Um, and and again, uh, it's it's not something that. Well, we like to think that all employers have these services, but they really don't. Um, and you know, and smaller businesses might be more difficult things like that. Um, so there, you know, so it, it's not always available. It's good that it is, and, and as the manager or the leader. Um, Of a team, like you said, you know, referring people is good. Um, And, and again, we like to think of ourselves as as being, you know, not needing help from other people, but it's okay to take that help and, and, uh, and, and just, you know, see what you see what how you can help yourself um, by, you know, by reaching out a little bit. So yeah. There's a little bit of responsibility on the one. the person themselves also.
0: I I guess where I was it, it's also not enough for an employer to just slap a poster down in the break room and say okay well we have a we have a program there right, it is. Exactly. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's right, got to be a little yeah. more a little more proactive and a little more in, you know in, involved than that. Right,
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. But you know you, you there's that old saying you can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink, Agreed. right? I yeah. mean it, it's the same it's the same situation. I mean, I can refer employees all day long, uh, but I, I can't make them actually go. Um, military is a little different situation. You know, as you know, Mike. I mean, we can we can order somebody to get a, a mental health evaluation uh, at any time if if the commander deems it to be necessary, but. You know, on a civilian side, whether it's a DoD civilian or a contractor or small business or you know, uh, you know, someone flipping burgers at, at McDonald's, it's you, you can't force somebody to do that. They have to get uh, they have to take that step themselves.
0: Well, I, and I think there's um, some perception that there'll be uh, some implication if I raise my hand and say I need help, and particularly in certain professions. I mean, look, I'm driving the bus, right, and if i say hey i'm not feeling myself or i'm feeling a little you know uh self-destructive that's not that could have a, a serious repercussion on my my occupational life going forward you know so i think
2: yeah no i mean you, it's you a were, tough
0: situation well i think it, i'm not unique yeah. i think that a lot of professions are like that
2: well i think you know we were both in law enforcement and and that especially um sometimes there's a stigma to being that person that says, uh, I need help. Um, and, you know, and, and so I think a lot of folks shy away from doing that because of perceptions that they're going to be weak or they're going to be mocked or, or whatever it is. And I think society is getting better about this. We're starting to really understand that, you know, the, the, you know, just like you can have a long-term physical injury, you can have a long-term mental injury and it doesn't make you soft uh it doesn't make you weak it's it's something that you know you you need help to to work on and uh you know thankfully um as i said we're getting better but i i don't think we're there yet
0: yeah i would agree any uh anything you want to add to that tom
2: no i
1: i think you covered it really well and, and you know like you said different different uh employee occupations rather Um, you know, we do need to consider that a little bit, but, um, we obviously need to do what's best for ourselves. And if we need a break, then we need to take that break.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Wellness is important. Um, so on that note, let's talk about taking a break. We had a couple of events coming up. Um, and I wanted to just kind of throw these out. I've got really, uh, two that I wanted to kind of highlight. One is, uh, where'd you go to school, Tom?
1: Uh, for college, you mean? Yeah. University of Maryland.
0: Oh, Maryland. All right. So you're not going to appreciate this like Lloyd and I are, but uh, UMass <laughs> Lowell, <laughs> uh, which was you, Lowell, at the time we were there, uh, they've got their military Don't appreciate. Don't
2: anybody that. <laughs> well,
0: dude, when I, I just was um, down in Jacksonville, Florida, flying through, and the woman at the Chili's uh, said uh, something about going back to Boston. I said, oh, are you from this area? Yeah, yeah. She she said, I, I went... And long you know, long and short, she said, I'm familiar with Lowell. I went to school there. And uh, so I said, now, was it Lowell Tech? Was it you, Lowell? Or was it UMass Lowell? Because that's how I know what period of time you were
1: actually there. Without asking a woman her age. Exactly. No, you, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you nailed it, Tom. There's a, there's a little bit of clever craft going on there, you know. <laughs> but uh, UMass Lowell, uh, as it's known now, has their military appreciation night coming up on uh, 18th of January. Uh, it's a Saturday night. They're going to do it at the hockey um, game, and I, I know Lloyd. You've been to a bunch of them. I know I've seen you there. We I think we went to yeah, a couple yeah, together. Great. Uh, it says in the notes that a uh, hundred future servicemen and women will take their oath of enlistment on the ice at the sangus Arena. So that'd be pretty cool
2: hopefully they're
0: going in the Air Force and not the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> and there are two other services which we haven't even acknowledged. We'll have to get somebody on here from Duh. the Army and Marines. Oh, yeah, and sure. Then we'll have a real food fight going on. I, right. <laughs> I've got four mics, so if you're listening to the podcast and you want to come defend your service. <laughs> uh, but that's coming up on the 18th. And then the other one I wanted to kind of talk about um, and kind of get off the heavy subjects for a minute is... Um, this was really cool. So January twelfth, um, they're doing a lecture on the seventy fifth anniversary of the Battle of the Bulge, and they're doing that. Have you ever, guys, ever heard of the Patton Homestead up in Hamilton? No, me either. No, I have
1: not. I,
0: I wasn't aware of it. So there's a, I guess there's a place up there. It's a historical home. Uh, and it's associated with Patton. It's called the Patton Homestead. And uh, on the twelfth, which is also a, which is a Sunday, from two to four, they're going to be doing a. Um, uh, a lecture that involves a bunch of different speakers to include at least one veteran of the Battle of the Bulge. Um, I think that's really cool. I mean, it's just very unique and it might be worth checking out.
1: That's pretty awesome. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Right in our backyard, too.
0: I know. And <laughs> I love when stuff like that comes up, Tom, and I don't even know, like, where, Patton Homestead? I never right, heard of it. Now, exactly. Anybody that's up on the North Shore that's listening to the podcast is going to think we're nuts. But uh, honestly, guys, I didn't even know it was out there. So, um, I've got a flyer. It's up on our uh, Veterans Assembly Hall Facebook page, and you can check that out. That ought to be pretty interesting. And then the last thing um, I've got is I had John uh, McDonald on with us earlier this week. His podcast is out there on the uh, channel already. And John came in and talked for a half hour representing veterans, assisting veterans, about their effort um, in Lloyd, before you came on, Tom and I were hit, were kind of chuckling at this. I was giving John a hard time because their branding is a little bit all over the place. <laughs> it's, it could be uh, On Track to the Wall. It could be uh, veterans visiting D.C. Um, there's a whole bunch of names for it, but it's all the same program and a great cause. They're raising money to send uh, at least 50 Vietnam veterans down to the wall on a three-day trip via uh, Amtrak, and they're going to pay for their hotel, and they're going to have reception dinner down there. And I think that's pretty cool.
2: It, yeah, that sounds like a great event. I mean, if you've never been to the wall, um, and I've been multiple times through, you know, in all seasons and, uh, you know, it, multiple times of my life, and, you know, it's it's uh, serene. And for the guys who were actually over there, um, I, I, I can't even imagine the emotions. Um, you know, in, in, hopefully these trips, for a lot of them, are cathartic in some ways. Um, you know, we, we talked earlier about PTSD. Um, certainly, you know, that, that type of situation where you're confronted right there with, you know, uh, men and women you serve with that, that are no longer with us that lost their lives over there. I mean, I, that's that's a tough one, but um, sounds like a great program. And, and for those listening, if you've never actually been down there and seen it, you, you have to. It's just it's one of those must see places in DC, um, yeah, along with some of the other memorials down there to uh, to other wars. The Korean War uh, uh, Memorial down there is is, is also pretty amazing. Um, yeah, the Korean
0: now- War Memorial at night is spooky. I, I yeah. think that's the time to see it because the way the lighting works on that memorial is. Um, it's really dramatic, and I think that's to me that's the way the memorial was designed. It was that for oh, that nighttime yeah. shadow environment type thing.
2: Absolutely, and it's kind of one of the overlooked memorials down there that that folks are like, "Oh, I didn't know there was a Korean War memorial." Yeah, like, are you I really agree. did you? What? Are we just not build one? I, you know, <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, there is a lot of them. No.
0: Uh, the, the The nurses' memorial is another one that's often forgotten down there. Um, the World War II one is phenomenal.
1: But you bring up a good point, oh, yeah. though, that that you know people don't think about. I mean, we just, I'll say, recently made the World War II Memorial, which just exactly. You think, made to yourself, exactly, yeah. you think to yourself, how can that possibly be? But, right. You no, know, I mentioned, you know, I grew up in the Maryland area, so I've seen you know all those monuments and 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 the wall, and and I don't take it for granted, probably because I'm a veteran, but um, I know that that it, it, it you know, if I, when you say that, you know, if you've never been down there, go down there. I can't imagine, you know, people who haven't been down there, but I forget that I'm, you know, you know, 500 miles away from it now. And uh, it, it really is an amazing place to be, you know, all the memorials you mentioned, a handful here. And um, it really is just an amazing place to go to the, you know, whether the wall or the Korean War or, um, or any of them down there and just, just reflecting back on the um, other people like us, like us as veterans, um, who uh, went and served, and and oftentimes didn't come back home.
0: Yeah, what those monuments actually mean in the meaning. You know, Lloyd, you you kind of talked on something that uh, John brought up when he was uh, on the podcast. It's the trip. The reason they want to do the trip is they want it to be a healing experience, and they want the veterans to experience um, going down on the train together and hanging out at the hotel. And a lot of the stuff that we talked about at the beginning of this podcast. Just reaching out to people. That's the whole idea of that thing. It's just to hang out and socialize with your peers. And as I said to John, people might be under the impression that they're going to be telling war stories all the way down, all the way back, and that's not true. They're just going to be talking about the Red Sox or how the uh, unbelievably the Patriots lost to the Dolphins yesterday, or something like that. Uh, You know. And um, I think, really, I think he's right. I think a three the trip. Uh, is going to have a lot of legs, you know,
1: it, building those connections that we were talking about already, right. And that's really what it's about is making reaching out to people and, and finding things in common in addition to being a veteran and just the life struggles that we have.
0: Yeah, that's so true, Tom. So true. You got anything else there, Lloyd?
2: No, no, I, I, I just, it sounds like so. What's, uh, is there uh, an opportunity here to? Volunteer if people are interested, or donate uh, money to the to this uh, to this cause.
0: Yes, so they have a uh, PayPal account. Um, if you go to Veterans Assisting Veterans on Facebook, there's a link from there I'll take you to their web page where they're accepting donations. Um, as he said, it's uh, it, every you know little bit helps. So if you can give twenty dollars to the cause, or you can give two uh, thousand dollars, every bit helps to help fund an individual. Um, veteran to go down and see the wall and it's he figures it's roughly about a thousand dollars per veteran and they're hoping to uh, take 50 veterans more if they can get it um you know it depends on what they get for sponsorship and that'll be sometime in the fall so yeah it's out there that's also on our veterans uh, assembly hall facebook page so the link is there to their site and then um yeah you can volunteer and there'll be more to come they're just getting started with their fundraising so it's going to go all summer we'll be talking about it again i'm sure
2: okay Hey, I, I have some ideas. We'll talk. All right.
0: Yeah, great. I'll put you in touch with John directly if you want.
2: Yeah. No. Yeah. We'll we'll talk. Um, so uh, dude, I know uh, a lot of people who'd be interested in helping out. So
0: that's awesome. good. Awesome. Well, this was a good icebreaker. I enjoyed having uh, Tom and Lloyd on with us today. Uh, we're going to do this. is probably be the last one from 2019. So, you know, Tom, you kind of you you. Started us out in June, and you're going to finish us off in December? Is, it, is there some,
1: there'll be more in the future? Oh, uh,
0: there'll be more you're, the door's open. I'm hoping you're a regular on here um, and we'll we'll knock out a couple once the new year comes and get get going you know get some awesome. more people Sounds on. Good. Maybe Lloyd'll actually drive from uh, way up there in New Hampshire <laughs> <laughs> and visit with us or, or are you going to have excuses like on my again? Automobile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, what, horse train i don 't care what it takes. Get down here, will
2: you. Uh, uh, uh i appreciate you
0: i appreciate you calling in man that's been uh it's always good to talk with you
2: yeah and uh nice talking with you guys and uh appreciate you having me on and uh hope both you guys have a great uh, new year's and uh looking forward to to the challenges in 2020 yeah here you go. excellent
0: all right man well um this has been the uh, veterans assembly hall podcast we're going to do it again i've got tom and lloyd on with me um we'll see what the uh fan feedback is whether they come back to join me again in 2020 (laughs) thanks guys